Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health, and today we're joined by Craig Redihelm, the Belonging and Wellbeing Manager at Sky. Craig's got an amazing story as to how he got into this position, and he was the co-founder of Body and Mind at Sky. Today's conversation is really authentic, discussing the challenges within Craig's role and also the amazing achievements that he and Sky have been able to do over the last few years. Welcome to the podcast, Craig. Hello, Craig. How are you? Hi, Harry. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Very well. Really looking forward to today's conversation. I know a few of our audience members um, are really looking forward to this going live as well. Could you just start by just sharing a little bit of a background as to how you got into this position at Sky? Yeah, of course. So um, pretty much accidentally, actually, for me. So I've been at Sky for 11 years um, as of this week, actually. Um, and my uh, role originally was in our customer service team. So I've had a couple of leadership roles in um, what is a really big part of the business. So customer service group, it's known as internally. Um, and about three and a half years ago, um, the story I always tell is that it was World Mental Health Day um, in October. You know, it's a date you're for, we're all familiar with. Um, and um, I was watching The One Show don't judge me it was on in the background at home and there was a guy on there I don't know who it was I can't you know I can't recall the individual but this person was talking about well-being in the workplace and what he was saying was if if there's a way uh, if you're thinking of uh, ways of uh, elevating well-being in your business one of the easiest ways you can do it that has the most impact is to share your story if you're in a position of leadership or influence you know tell your people um, some of your experiences so I have, you know, a story to tell in terms of my own uh, background in well-being and mental health growing up and, and that kind of thing. And I'm quite an open book. So I just put pen to paper for the following day. Uh, metaphorically, it was an email, sent that out to our team. And um, the response was huge. People would either reply to me just to say, didn't know that about you. Thank you for sharing. Or some would stop me in the corridor and share their own stories. And I knew, you know, that I'd hit upon something because as a leader, sometimes you'll send an email and the response can be, you know, uh, quite sparse to say the least. But this one really did generate a lot of interest. So I knew I'd hit upon something and fast forward, you know, a couple of conversations with our HR team. Um, we had a chat to say, look, we're, we're, we want to do more with well-being. Have you thought about establishing an employee network? Um, we'd got a number of employee networks in the business at the time, and I was quite involved with our LGBT plus network. And so from that, um, Body and Mind at Sky was born. So we established this employee network, you know, with the remit of looking at mental health, disability and long term conditions. That was was how we established. And so that was me for a few years running and, and leading, you know, this internal employee resource group or employee network. Um, and then fast forward to uh, last year, the customer service team where I was still based was establishing a people programs team and I was recruited as the wellbeing manager. So it was quite organic. And then at the end of last year, our group team established the um, diversity, inclusion and wellbeing team. And so that was an opportunity for, for me to move into the corporate side of the business to focus on our wellbeing strategy for the whole of the Sky group. So it really, there was never a plan. I never would have thought I would have ended up in this position, but but here I am. It's 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 come about really accidentally. <laughs> 
What an incredible story that is. And I think I, I see a lot of people with your passion, with your authenticity, with your background and a personal story that do amazing things in this space. So, uh, so thank you for sharing that, first of all. I've got a question that just pinged off in my mind around customer service. And do you think there's a lot of around the business case of well-being? Do you think customer service gets ignored um, when it comes to positive well-being? That obviously, there must be a correlation between those two areas. Yeah, I think for us, um, the, the conundrum with the customer service teams, right, is that they, um, a lot of the strategies we talk about with well-being are around taking regular breaks, you know, thinking about um, outcomes over hours, working in a way that suits you and your lifestyle, you know, be flexibility. But the reality is with teams in customer service roles, they have to be present and available to serve our customers, right? And so it can be really, really difficult to deploy those sorts of strategies in that way of thinking when you've got people in contact centers, for example, who have to be available to talk to customers uh, on a shift basis. And because of demand and the way that that is all managed, breaks are scheduled and structured, you know, and, and, and they really are bound to timing. So we have to think, you know, creatively about how we uh, talk to those teams and the, the ways in which we think about supporting their well-being because they, they don't have uh, the opportunity to benefit from the same degree of flexibility you or I might have. Yeah. So you've got to think, yeah, really creatively um, about that. And I think for that reason, on occasion, they they probably can feel as though, you know, they're missed out with the, the kind of themes and thoughts and ideas that we have around well-being. So I think it is a challenge, but it, it's something that we do give, you know, quite a lot of thought to. You've got you've got to be creative and, and empower them as much as you can and move us away from that traditional view of what it is to be in a customer service environment. You know, there are things you can do. That being said, even though it does need to be quite structured and rigor, rigor, rigorous around, you know, the way that they are scheduled. I love that theme of empowerment. I think that's really important and fitting around their daily structures and their daily architecture as well as if we just add stuff on consistently, it's going to be very hard to, to meet them um, where they're at. One of the things I'd love to, to talk about, I know we've spoken at long length around this, is around senior leadership and the importance of senior leaders getting engaged when it comes to well-being. I saw with Mental Health Awareness Week an amazing video that you led and, and Sky published. Could you share a little bit more around how you're getting your senior leadership team engaged and the importance of getting them engaged on this journey. Yeah, of course. Um, so it, some of this goes back to the employee network that I was just talking to you about. Very early on, we recognised that it, it was important to have senior support. You know, in the structure of all, all of our employee networks at Sky is that they have executive sponsorship um, and body and mind was the same. And and the, the two executives over the over the course of our tenure have been really prepared to lean in and, and share their stories. Um, and, you know, automatically almost when you have somebody who is very well respected within the organization holds, you know, uh, a role that is across a lot of different departments and teams and is well known within the business. If they're prepared to stand up and be vulnerable about their experiences, you know, in, 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 despite the fact that they've got this, you know, big career and they've they've achieved um, a lot of things that people are aspiring to achieve themselves, showing that vulnerability and saying, actually, I have struggled. There's been there's been issues for me along the way, and in some cases, that's something that I still have to manage. It's just super powerful yeah. and role models to everybody else within the organisation that you know, well, okay, I can, I, I'm not on my own. There are look at you know, I can still achieve success whilst experiencing or having things in my life that might throw up as an obstacle. So the, the video, you know, that we created for for Mental Health Awareness Week, um, I was really, really 
overwhelmed actually with the support that we had internally. We asked a bunch of leaders to um, volunteer their time to take part in that. And they pretty much all signed up um, and we were prepared to sit down and talk candidly about um, you know their experiences with well-being, which is which is great. And so we we just apply that principle to the strategy that we've got now. Uh, really really simple. It doesn't cost anything. Um, it's a challenge for some people, but it, role modelling is just so powerful when it comes to this stuff. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And the authenticity, I can hear it in your voice. I could hear it in the voice of those that joined that video. That's one of the most important things is that what we're saying we then deliver on as well going forwards. I want to just ask you a question that the well-being space is it's hard. Um, it's hard to get everyone engaged. It's a journey that we're going on. It's still quite a new space for a lot of organisations. Do you mind sharing just a little bit around the challenges um, that you face within your role and how you're looking to to overcome them? Yeah, um, I think so. It links back to the the senior leader stuff. I think for all that we, you know, there's a lot of support at the the top level of the organisation. I think what we often see is managers who are in that middle space. So it might be you know heads of department or you know that that sort of level may I think struggle to. Um, devote their time and attention to well-being not for, for a lack of I think understanding that it's important but it's the balancing of delivering on on their targets their commercials the the projects the things that they you know they want to deliver traditional measures of success I guess and what we're trying to do is make the point that if you uh, put the well-being of your people at the core of the way that you look after your team or your department all of those more traditional measures of success will follow. Um, you know, people who are engaged, have that sense of belonging, are well and, and you know, feel connected to the work that they do. If all of those things are present, then the, the, the success will, will follow. Um, and, and making that case is tricky. You know, I have conversations pretty much every day where it, people will approach me proactively to try and unpick and think, okay, I want to do more about wellbeing, but I don't really know how. They're great conversations for me because you know that the appetite is there and I'm happy to have those conversations. But I think the other side of the coin is helping, you know, uh, a sizable proportion of our leaders understand the equation around, look, if you get wellbeing right, actually it, it will benefit all of the things you're trying to achieve to move you forward in your career because we've got to be a realistic that there's got to be a bit of a what's in it for me moment I think for many leaders um, because you know as our HR director said you know often well-being is seen as something complementary it's seen as a fluffy thing that you get to when there's a bit of time and space to to give it, it it's not always seen as core and fundamental and that's what we're trying to help people with. Fantastic. And you know, you've spoken to Jack a lot at Champion. I had a performance and that's exactly the message that he sends as well, that well-being correlates with high performance. We just need to get people on this journey as well. So thank you for sharing that. And the final area that I'd love to touch upon is around the challenge that you have of bringing such a large organization together. Um, there are so many different business units um, and getting them to all sing from the same hymn sheet must be a challenge in itself. How do you go about that to share with any anyone else that aspires to be working in a global company in the future? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a challenge that I'm grappling with, right? So I've been in this role since October. So it's a work in progress. I think the lessons that I've learned so far is that, um, 
Sky, and this may apply to other large organizations, but definitely for us at Sky, this is an organization that is built on relationships. So it, it's really important for somebody in my position to be out in the business, so to speak, um, albeit on Teams calls the most <laughs> most of the time, but out there uh, building relationships with stakeholders right across the organization in different departments. There's a lot of really well-intended work going on in the wellbeing space is, is what I've discovered. Um, but it's quite fragmented. Um, and so people will be engaging with different suppliers or different people to come in and deliver training. And what I'm trying to do is to make sure that no matter where you work within the organization, the experience is consistent. And that's going to take a minute. It's going to take a while for me to get there. So at the moment, you know, my advice to anybody who's playing in, the, in this space and it's an early you know, early moment for you is, is definitely to get out there and, and build the relationships, know who your stakeholders are, know where the energy is, because I think the reality also can be that not every department is ready for you as a, as a well-being practitioner or well-being manager. Some some just haven't got the headspace to, to, to deal with it yet. And that's OK, because what will happen and what, what I saw with the network especially is there's almost a fear of missing out effect. Mm. So if you've got a department in one part of the business doing well-being strategies really, really well, inevitably that starts to have a snowball effect and other teams will sit up and voluntarily join the party as opposed to, you know, wrangling with them and, and, and trying to, to mandate it. So, yeah, the, the bit I always go back to is invest your time in, in building the trust, building those relationships and harnessing that positive energy because there is a lot of it. Um, but, um, yeah, we want to get to a place where it's, it's consistent and that's a journey. <laughs> I think it's one of the hardest things finding a soundbite with conversations like this, but go where the energy is. I absolutely love, um, within there. Craig, thank you so much for joining us on today's session. I know how busy you are, but I'm sure this is going to help so many people within the space. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.